What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Lukewarm Games Podcast, your weekly source for unique perspectives on all things video games and pop culture. As always, I'm your host, Luke Lewis. You may say this episode sounds a bit different. We are recording an episode live from PAX West in Seattle in our hotel room. I have a panel of guests with me here in person. You know them. You love them. Jacob McCourt. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me in our hotel room. It's very convenient of you to make time to be here. I'm also joined by Joseph Hooper. Hello. And rounding out the group, we have Claire Helmberger. We're also joined by friend of the show, Jonathan, hanging out, playing some Steam Deck in the back. He's here for the first live recording of the Lukewarm Games podcast. We have an audience. Um, yeah, good times. So um, we're just going to keep this kind of short and sweet, a quick like 15 to 30 minute episode. We're going to do a quick episode every day of the show of PAX West um, while we're covering the show for with our media badges. Saw a lot of cool games today, so we're just going to run through some of the cool stuff we saw. Um, Claire, do you want to kick us off? I think you were enraptured in the first game <laughs> you played today. I want to hear about it. So the first game that I saw and played was called Terra Nil, um, and it grabbed my attention, and I actually ended up playing it for like 45 minutes. It's this resource management but like with a puzzle solving aspect where you have to turn this barren wasteland um, into this green diverse ecosystem and um, it was surprisingly deep and really fun it's definitely one I'm going to check out as soon as it comes out and I think it was my favorite game that I played today so I started off real strong damn impressive what was the deal I walked by your screen at one point and it was on fire all the grass was on fire yeah so I spent the first good chunk of my demo just trying to cover the ground in green and restore the wasteland and then i thought i got to 100 percent, and i thought okay great now this is over this is the end of the demo but no it said now we need to increase the biodiversity by having different biomes and one of the ways that you do that is set fire to it to create ash and then just build a forest anew and <laughs> so I, that's what was happening when you Love walked that. over <laughs> i was just like honestly i could have kept playing that all day <laughs> I like how scientific you were there. You're like, I had to burn everything. I'm sorry. I did, I did have to. Yeah. <laughs> Biodiversity. Yeah. I had like $500 left and the only thing I could afford to do was burn the forest down and grow it again. So. Damn. Damn. <laughs> Joseph, tell me about a game you played today. All right. So I guess I played a lot of games. So I'll, I'll pick one of the more interesting ones. Um, this game was at the Rogue Games booth. Uh, and the CEO himself showed it to me. This game one. is called Cookie Cutter. All right. Ooh. Cookie Cutter, uh, I actually did know about prior to coming to this uh, this convention. Uh, IGN debuted it. And it's basically you're this cyborg girl that is in love with her creator who has been kidnapped. So you got to go find the creator, something, something. It's a very weird plot, but it's ba basically a Metroidvania. And the the person that demoed it for me basically said that, hey, the people that made this all hand-drawn art um, and the CEO of Rogue Games, I'm putting this on, on tape. He said that he thinks this will be the best Metroidvania of 2023. Wow. Guys, you know how many wow. games are coming out next year. And he's over here talking about this is going to be the best Metroidvania. I was like, whoa, I am very excited. So I played it and I will say... Uh, it looked great. Like the animations, you can tell that there's a lot of care and love put into the game. Um, just like even the death animations, I died. And I was like, whoa, this is kind of crazy. Um, 
he said that the world is just like the demo slice is just a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of what the entire metroidvania world is actually going to be so he said it goes really deep there's a lot of weapons um during my playthrough i had two weapons i had a little chainsaw that was a special move and you can combo it and the the combat mechanics are really uh technical and and, and interesting um, but i also had a electric guitar which you could use to do like this cool <laughs> electric <laughs> guitar slide on your knees attack uh, that amazing. covers you know awesome. a, a bit of the uh map and there's a lot of like cool combos and special moves apparently tied to each different weapon um so i'm very excited and, and he was saying that like the bosses are even crazier um and like yeah he was he was, he was hyping this game up and after playing it for just a little bit, I can see why. So I'm definitely going to keep an eye on this cookie cutter. Love it. Was it the best Metroidvania of PAX 2022? I mean, probably. Yeah. Damn. Damn. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how, We're breaking news. I don't know how high that bar is to clear, but I would say I'll say yes. Okay. Nice. Official award handed out. Jacob, hit me with one of the games you played. Uh, so I think Claire and I had very similar strategies in that in the media hour, we wanted to take advantage of like the empty space. So we were strategizing and like, what are we going to do? So I'm like, I'm going to go to Devolver because whenever I go to PAX, Devolver is always like 10 people deep and it's an hour to play a game. So went right up and I saw Angerfoot, which is a game that was in the showcase they did around key three time. And essentially it's like, what if there's a first person shooter version of Hotline Miami where... You have guns, but you also can use your foot to kick enemies through doors or, like, kick doors into enemies. And small vertical slice. Uh, Gunplay was okay. Um, It seemed maybe just a little looser than I was expecting, but it was just so satisfying to walk through this, like, deranged house and just... At one point, you're going down a hallway and you literally kick down seven doors and you're just kicking these doors down and these doors are hitting enemies and just killing them. It was like brash, super fun, and I I played about, I don't know, 15 minutes of it, and then I said, oh, I'm going to play this game day one, so I'm going to stop playing it now, but that that was probably, like you, Claire, like the first game I played of the day, and it was probably my favorite experience thus far. Nice. Yeah, I got a chance to play that one as well. I, I played it for even less time, but I was just like immediately hooked, and I was like, check, I will definitely play this when it comes out. The addicting gameplay loop at Hill and the same vibes of Neon White earlier this year of just mm-hmm. like, I want to keep playing the same level over and over. Yep. Good stuff. Um, what about you? Game I wanted to talk about. I played from Yacht Club Games, Mina the Hollower. It's a top-down kind of think old-school Zelda Link's Awakening. Um, but th- imagine like pixel art meets Bloodborne, meets top-down Zelda. It it was a really, really cool experience. They had, you play as this cute little mouse named Mina. You use a chain, kind of like the main weapon from Castlevania. You're fighting dudes. There's a lot of, like, secret areas you're uncovering. You're using bombs to find hidden paths and walls. Some tricky platforming. There's a whole upgrade system with traits. Um, Yeah, and there's a whole, the Souls-like comparison is specific because there's a currency you collect in the game as you defeat enemies, and then you can use those to unlock special abilities and kind of upgrade your characters you're going through the world, but it was really compelling and really pretty and kept the um, Shovel Knight quality standard that Yacht Club Club Games is known for, so it's definitely one I'm looking forward to checking out. Um, So I know we all played a bunch of other stuff. I don't even know where to start. Like, who has a game that they want to 
champion a little bit more on the pod. I have a recommendation for For you guys. Go for Um, it. I was at the Thunderful Games booth. Love it. And I played a game. Let me let me look at this little business card here to make sure I got the name right. I think it's called Wordless, which is a very interesting title. Um, but like the guy introduced me to the game. He's like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just abstract. Uh, it's a turn-based Metroidvania platformer. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll just see for myself. But is it the best Metroidvania of 2023? <laughs> Honestly... <laughs> I don't know, cookie cutter. Watch out. Watch out, cookie cutter. <laughs> this one was pretty good. Um, it definitely gave me like journey vibes, Abzu. Uh, like, hey, there's good music here. There's no dialogue. Um, and we're just messing around with shapes and, and nothing is really defined. Um, but I just had such a good time playing it. Like, I, I was in like this trance where it's like okay this is very relaxing mm-hmm. but also the turn-based combat and like platforming is also very energizing at the same time so it's a very weird feeling going through it but i thought it was really interesting and the way that the combat works is very kind of like rock paper scissors like where it's like okay you can block for magic which is going to come from above you uh so you can block up but if the enemy attacks forward with a melee attack, you'll take damage and also your shield can break and you're trying to find like this paper rock scissors for the enemy themselves, trying to figure out what they're weak to as well. Um, and there was a lot of just weird mechanics. Like there was this capturing feature where you can like capture an enemy and to capture them, you have to do like this button pattern combo and the more damage you do to them makes it easier to capture kind of like Pokemon, but not at all like Pokemon if you actually <laughs> see it. So this one, I, I think people should, if you know, if you can check out the trailer, check out the trailer. But especially for you guys here, I uh, definitely recommend going by Thunderful and, and trying that one out because I thought that one's super interesting. Awesome. Nice. I think we will check that one out. We were looking at the Thunderful booth um, as a place to hit up tomorrow or yeah, the next day. Yeah, they had a big variety. It was interesting to see some of the indie publishers that just had like, once you walked into their booth, they had just like 10 games on different kiosks and we didn't really get into just like addition additionally to our um like impressions of all the games just like the overall vibe of the show it's you know post pandemic still pandemic question mark but it's kind of a different era for PAX, and it felt like kind of a building year of it's a smaller show but there's still a lot of games here to be played um but yeah some some good stuff for sure claire do you have some other ones you want to touch on um there was one that you and i both played together that really surpassed my expectations um mythic force mythic force was dope yeah mythic force was really cool we also got to sit down with the dev team on that one for about 30 minutes and just chat with them about their inspirations for the game so to give like the quick elevator pitch for that one do you want to take take it clear Sure. Um, they gave actually a really great elevator pitch. Um, it's inspired by Saturday morning cartoons, and they wanted to make a uh, procedurally gener- generated roguelike game that was f- approachable for families to play together and had like fantasy violence, but like not too gory and not too challenging, but challenging enough that it's fun. It's not like a game for kids. Um, 
and just like the character design and the world design were very based on the uh those saturday morning cartoon vibes and um you can pick your character class very D D inspired and you uh basically just battle your way through these dungeons um and yeah progress through the story fight some bosses it was really fun the uh gameplay itself was really engaging and interesting and it was challenging but it wasn't like souls like challenging it was just fun it was really fun i touched it at one point today i played it for maybe like five ten minutes and it kind of looked like dragon's lair yeah and the like the key art on like the side of their demo disc or their demo setup definitely reminded me of like you walk into a pizza hut in like the 90s and it's painted on the side but like it it, they do it well and to claire's point too they're hitting on like saturday morning cartoon nostalgia but specifically shows like thundercats or the mask and they commissioned this like crazy 80s rock ballad theme song that is just like so poppy and wild and fun it just like totally sets the tone for the game but yeah it was super fun and i think it'd be a fun one to play in co-op and they're four different character classes you have your like your sword fighter bow and arrow hunter a rogue and kind of more of like what was a magic user was the other one you played yeah and i did play as the mage and that was really fun too and each had their own like powers so you know that the swordsman had like a lunge attack yeah yeah and like could throw magic dust as well so it, when you called it Vermintide, like it really gameplay wise reminded me of uh, Warhammer Vermintide. It's got that like, or like Left 4 Dead, like that like very like cohesive four player co op experience. Yeah, I think it'd be a fun one to like squad up and play a fun, you know, fun night with the crew. What was the uh, level design looking like? That like I know you said it was procedurally generated. Yeah, but was so it interesting or good question. Um, I died twice while we attempted to clear the first level and i will say the verticality changed up enough that it was like oh i'm going up the stairs this time whereas last time i went down the stairs in a in a different direction or now i'm like going through different doorways and passages like it had it was like kind of a castle level yeah and you were going through like different dungeon areas and like outside areas of the castle and like it switched it up enough that the second time i was like oh no this is still different and i like don't know where i'm going like I think of like a roguelike that I really enjoyed Dead Cells. That game kind of does feel samey to a point where like when you're running that first area, like you're really feeling that first area was. Whereas with uh, Miss Mythic Forest, I would say like kept the variety pretty good. But granted, we played 30 minutes ish. I will also say it wasn't always super predictable where the enemies were going to come from or like the timing of that. So I was actually caught off guard a couple of times thinking I was done with the enemies and then more came up from behind me and stuff like that. So that kept it interesting yeah. too. And they they do the classic thing of like, you know, you're finding different weapons on different runs. So it's like, oh, sweet. Now I have an awesome bow and arrow. That's my specialty weapon. But like if you choose the hunter, you can still use swords and magic and other stuff. So like if you find a high powered sword or something like that, you can still swap around so like each playthrough does feel pretty distinct thus far and i think if you throw co-op into the mix it's like could be a very different game depending on like the dynamic of the group you're playing with cool can i mention uh, turbo overkill really quickly so i went to the apogee booth and this game is in early access but i i played an extended demo of it and if you like you know the boomer shooters i think what they're called um it reminded me a lot of serious sam if you mm. played those games back in the day but it was like 
cyberpunk rash your character had like a chainsaw built into their like um their like fake or their um like cybernetically enhanced leg and so you could do these slides and the slide you're like there would be chainsaws that come out of your knees and it, it was like what if doom 2016 and Sirius Sam had a baby, mm-hmm. but it looked like it was made in the 90s graphically on purpose. Um, that was a lot of words, but yeah, it was super if, fun. What if all those? Things? <laughs> what if? Uh, let me tell you, Turbo Overkill. Uh, no, it was it was quite good, and uh, it's it's episodic. Where uh, it's in early access now, and I think that the first episode is out. And they're planning two more episodes that just have like literal levels where it's very much like kill everything that runs towards you and then make your way to this point. But it was old school in a way that I, when I saw it, I'm not going to lie. I was like, eh, I don't know. That game doesn't look for me. And then I saw it up close and I was like, oh, maybe I, I should try this game because it's so fast paced and fun. It really has the fun of Doom 2016. So nice. It's on early access now if you're listening to this and you're like, hey, you can play it at home. So, what is the purpose of the episodic nature? Is it like new? Not sure. It well, it's basically like new levels. So you'll get like level pack. It's very cyberpunk like aesthetic. Um, but I think in each in each episode, there's like eight levels, and so it's in early access now, and they're just gonna keep adding like essentially level packs to it. Nice. Okay. Cool. Um, I have a couple games I'm just kind of going to rapid fire to mention. Um, Claire and I got to play a game called Elements. Um, it's sort of a open world action RPG with some building and crafting elements. Um, the art style reminded me of a, lo- uh, a lot of Cana Bridge of Spirits. Yeah. Um, currently, I believe it's in early access right now, or it's going to be in early access right now. I don't think it's in early access yet, based on what based you're on saying. Based on what we played, okay. Based on fair. what we played, I don't think it, it was, was a little yeah. rough, yeah. but seeing the different biomes and the enemy types and the gameplay variety, like I think there's something there. But yeah. I would say kind of keep an eye on it. But based on what we played, it was a little rough, but interested to see how it evolves over time. Um, and then I also wanted to mention, I think we all played Bear Bud Boxing. Yeah. Which was a fun multiplayer party game, crazy wonky physics, think gang beasts, um, just zany nonsense. I thought it was really fun. It was really fun, Mm -hmm. pretty simple, but not for lack of entertaining. So I think it's one for me that I could see being a fun like Friday night in the rotation, have some friends over between Mario Party rounds, play some bare butt boxing. Yeah, for sure. Am I forgetting anything? I played Melatonin really quick. Yeah. Hit. Uh, Rhythm Heaven, but like dreamlike. And in each part of your dream, you like experience a different type of dream. So like sometimes it's going to be like a food dream where you just have to like to the rhythm of the mm-hmm. the music, just like eat a bunch of donuts or nice. grow your social media following by jumping on phones. Like it was just, yeah, so it was like dreamy. things that give you melatonin. Got exactly, it. truly. Okay. It was Clever. it was super fun. Yeah, it was in the Wholesome Game Showcase. I think it closed the show at the Wholesome Game Showcase around Key 3 time. Um, one I'm going to check out when it comes out. Nice. TBD, cool. TBD on release for I, that one. I realize I did forget one that I did, and this was ironically, I think my favorite, or if not my favorite, one of my favorites of the day was um, Liza P. It's a straight Bloodborne knockoff spiritual successor inspiration but it was a ton of fun it looks really pretty it ran well 
combat was pretty satisfying and just like the world design and the architecture was really cool the uh um uh, the the person who was giving the demo was just like pointing out how beautiful mm-hmm. like cuz it's set in the belle époque uh, oh, right, let me yeah, say yeah. It, let me french it up uh, dans la belle époque of wow. yeah wow. um and you're playing as like <laughs> pinocchio um and it just looked really good like the lighting and the yeah. character, the enemy design i thought was pretty interesting yeah for sure Claire, I know you're never a, typically a Souls-like player, but I, you, you said you think you were going to play this one when it comes out? I don't know. Something about the aesthetic just intrigues me. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to play the whole thing no, or that I'm going to play it for very long, but I'll try it. <laughs> and I'll get my I, I ass handed like to me and then I'll give up. <laughs> good this game looks. Like, it looks cool. Yeah. Nice. And it's on Game Pass. Oh, really? I didn't know that. That's yeah, right. It's going to be on Game Pass, yeah. Damn. Paris Lily, best deal in gaming. Let's go. <laughs> Um, Joseph, do you have any other ones to throw out there real quick yeah. before we wrap up? Or yeah, so honorable mention: No Place for Bravery um, has like God of War, Metrovania. Uh, it does not be cookie cl- cookie cutter or uh, <laughs> thank you or, or of the word list, but it looks pretty cool. Eight um, bit, really unique uh, visual identity um, demo. I played was pretty fun, uh, and also Gunbrella uh, from Devolver Digital. Nice. They announced it. Um, at one of their last showcases, um, it's awesome. You got a gun and you got an umbrella and the mechanics they do with that, um, are pretty, pretty cool. You have like ways to propel yourself up with the umbrella and glide with the umbrella. The gun is pretty cool. You can have a grenade launcher that, and they use the weapons for puzzles as well. Um, and basically as you progress through the, the game, you'll reach little town hubs that have their own little stories, um going on and they have side quests and stuff that you can choose to go down uh while also furthering the main mission of finding your son or or whatever's going on there i think i'm gonna run day at minute one tomorrow and try and demo that game yeah i yeah, should have waited in line this morning when cool. you guys did it's fun. I, I didn't end up playing it i i watched um the folks ahead of us in line play so much of it that I was like, I think I'll come back for this one, but it looks really cool. It reminded the art style kind of reminded, I think Joseph, you mentioned this, but Celeste. Yeah. Just with that cool pixelated vibe and the umbrella. Yeah. It looks cool. It's going to be a good one. Good stuff. Y'all. Well, we'll be back tomorrow to recap all the other awesome games we're playing this weekend, possibly with this crew, possibly with a different crew. Well, you'll have to tune in and see, um, but good vibes all around. Excited to be here at PAX West friend of the show jonathan do you want to come give a 30 second review of your time with your steam jacob steam deck while we recorded this sure i am a new steam deck player i have one pre-ordered it should be coming to me soon no not, not yet we played some curse to golf curse to golf great game love i picked that up and then i'm testing out a plague tale to Ooh, test the graphics little, little let me tell you test. The, the fan right now i don't know if you can hear this but it's a little loud i just turned it to low so <laughs> I interrupt the but turned it down to low 60 fps now wow so, this is pretty cool i'm excited for mine you heard it here first folks steam deck pretty cool unnecessary purchase i don't know do i still want one yes uh, not a necessary purchase but you should purchase it heck yeah All right. With that, have a fantastic week. Cheers and happy gaming.